Previously, on Scott Steiner's Americana Spectacular. What the fuck is happening? The Infinity Gauntlet. I don't feel so good. Scott Steiner. Can you honestly tell me that you've seen anything in the past year that makes you want to keep watching Raw? Wrestling is fucking awful. Why don't you speak the truth instead of hiding behind layers of irony being an archie son of a bitch? Wrestling culture is the fucking Worst. You're sitting here whining your little bitch baby eyes out, trying to get sympathy for the fact you need other people to make that change you want to see in this world. Wait, you killed Owen? I spent eons searching for the Infinity Gems to complete this gauntlet, and it was all for one purpose so I could rid this universe of everyone that loved wrestling, even Owen. Let the lovers love. Let them fight the good fight. But me, I'm needed elsewhere. In the vast infinite of the void between dimensions is the final resting place of the podcaster that saved wrestling. But little does he know that his journey towards self-actualization is only just beginning. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Where in the hell am I? Am I dead? I mean, I guess that wouldn't be such a bad thing. It's what I wanted, after all, but... No, this can't be right. I don't feel dead unless I'm in some kind of afterlife or something wait is the afterlife real shit does that mean that all that religious nonsense is real too wait if that's true then I was christened so this can't be purgatory and if it's heaven or hell like there's nothing going on here this is pretty boring Something doesn't seem right about all this. I... I can't be dead, right? Oh, don't you worry. You're not dead. Wait, who's, who said that? Who's here? I made sure that your broke ass isn't going to be that lucky. No. No, 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 no. It, it can't be you. I, I killed you. You're dead. You're... No. You can't be here, too. This isn't death. It's a prison. And I'm the big bad, brutal prison guard about to bash your head in with a nightstick, bitch. fuck this is whenever this is i have no idea what is going on i'm john gavarecki maxwell and i'm the host of nothing speaking to absolutely no one it's not like we're recording this there's no recording equipment here 
or anything here. I'm just talking to no one. But I've been doing podcasts for so long that this is just how my mind works now. I think out loud as if I'm hosting a show. And I guess joining me here, we have once again the bane of my existence, Big Papa Pump himself. Folks, give it up for Scott Steiner. I should have known I couldn't trust you to introduce me properly. Once I'll tell you fat ass and let a real man show you how it's done. Greetings to all you rednecks and white trash listening out there, and especially to all my freaks who know to tune in when they see the Big Dipper in the sky. It's time for you all to once again pay homage to the man with the largest arms in the world, Scott Steiner, the Big Bad Booty Daddy. When it comes to making this shit halfway listenable, Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. All right, right off the bat, let's just address the elephant in the room. Why are you here? I killed you. You should be dead. Why do I now have to be cursed with spending the rest of whatever my existence now is with you? You know, they say all men are created equal. But you look at me, and you look at you, and you can see that that statement is not true. See, normally when you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% chance at best at beating me. And then you add the Infinity Gauntlet to the mix, and your chances of winning drastically go down. See, you're a pencil little geek who couldn't even bench press one of my freaks. And you had an eight and third chance at best of beating me last time. And I would have broken you into a million pieces with the Steiner recliner if you hadn't used some Deus Ex Machina to stop me because you were too lazy to write a real fight scene. So you may have killed my corporeal body, but I went to a highly prestigious university, so I'm on a higher level brain power than all you marks. So my consciousness has been kept alive by the power of the Infinity Gauntlet. Because that power had to go somewhere when you banished us all here to the void. So why not re-embody the image of its creator somewhere with all the freaks and all the pigs? That, oddly, somehow makes sense, I think. Alright, well, what is this place anyway? This is the void, the space between all dimensions. Its whole point is that it's the absence of existence. Our being here is a paradox that your white trash mind can't possibly comprehend. But the Infinity Gauntlet is capable of breaking the rules of reality, and it's an energy so powerful that it can't just break the laws of thermodynamics and stop existing without transferring somewhere. So it brought us here when you had the bright idea to erase us all from existence. I just didn't want to do heel turn anymore, okay? Raw was so bad. It was just making me offended every single time I watched it. And I just, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I couldn't feel like I had the responsibility to keep invested in this, to be on this show where I would just be upset and complaining all the time. And Owen wouldn't change anything. Like, I I just, I couldn't anymore. Did I overreact and take things a little too far? Like, yeah, sure, fine. Maybe I didn't have to kill myself to quit. But... You can't hold this against me, man. It was so bad. Well, you got your wish. Now you get to sit here on your fat ass and not exist for the rest of eternity. But me? I got bigger plans. See, I'm getting a new vessel, and I'm going to get the fuck out of this hellhole and finish what I started. 
Great. Awesome. Well, what's your completely cool and non-genocidal plan this time? See, I realized that even though I'm basically a genius, I was thinking too small last time. Wiping everyone who loved wrestling out of existence was a good first step. But the real power comes from ensuring wrestling never existed at all. I will cross all dimensions and all time itself, and I will end the entire history of wrestling all with a snap of my finger. Are you kidding me? You're a goddamn monster! You know what? This is exactly why I killed you in the first place, because you had it coming. I swear to God, I'm keeping you here no matter the cost. I'm not letting you do this. Even if that means I have to spend the rest of eternity here with you. You're not going anywhere. You're gonna keep me here? I don't think you understand how this is gonna play out. I am the big bad boom daddy, and I am infinite. I do what I want, what I want. Besides, how stopping me worked out for you. You had the power to fix wrestling and make it whatever you wanted, and you killed yourself instead of changing it. Now you're literally nothing, and seemingly happy to stay that way. What happened to you, man? You were always a little punk, but at least you had the guts to fight for something instead of taking your ball and going outside the space-time continuum. Alright, you want to know why I had to do this? You want to know why I had to kill myself so that I could finally be free of this? You know what? Fine. I've already borne most of my soul to y'all, and fuck knows if you even appreciated it. So why not give you the rest of it? I might as well just rip my heart out and give you the whole story. Are we really doing that fucking self-indulgent gimmick again? To really understand what happened, we need to go back to the beginning. To the one origin story left unturned. The first Americana Spectacular was a lark, and let's be honest, mostly an excuse to go all out with the Scott Steiner Sound Library I had been curating. But more than that, it was me attempting to push the boundaries of what heel turn could be. After two years of doing the show, I was starting to get restless with the whole thing. The format was dragging me down and a change felt necessary, perhaps most of all to that critical lens through which we view the wrestling. I didn't know what that change needed to be, and if I'm being honest, I still don't. But I knew that I needed to do something to make that weekly sacrifice of one night and several intermittent hours throughout the week that belonged to Vince McMahon and Owen Douglas feel worth it. Americana Spectacular was my freeform experiment in what a different heel turn could resemble, done in the most joyfully stupid way I could conceive. I think a lot of people would emphasize the stupid part of that statement. And it's hard not to when discussing a 30-minute podcast where I recap the latest wrestling news while riffing with an angry soundboard. But the joyful nature of it all was the defining element to me. Yeah, I was frustrated and felt creatively stagnant. But I was channeling that into something fun that could show a way forward. It was exciting. And how could it not be? My life, for as much as I struggled, was the happiest and most stable it had ever been. And it felt like anything was possible. I could finally be or do anything I set my mind to. And all I had to do was figure out which impossible dream would give me the most satisfaction. In July 2015, I felt like I was on the cusp of starting to leave my mark on the world. I had a job I didn't like, but paid me well enough and gave me the freedom to live this silly double life as a writer and wrestling critic. 
I had a path to finally finishing college and getting my bachelor's degree. I had a big social circle with tons of friends and family I loved and could rely on. And I had a partner with whom I felt such a deep connection that I knew all the way in my soul, one way or another, our lives were forever intertwined. The future was bright, and I had all the tools to make the life I wanted if I could just believe in myself as much as everyone else did. And then it all slipped away. Little by little, the life I had built for myself deteriorated until I found myself 18 months later a complete shell of the person I was. The job was long gone, having worked me to the bone before spitting me out with nothing but six months of unemployment and a rappling, dwindling personal savings account to supplant it. The degree, that chapter of my life that brought so much shame and I was ready to finally close, was no longer a sure thing as I could barely afford my living expenses, let alone more classes. Many of those friendships, soured by years of pent-up suspicions, feuds that were buried but never resolved, and failures to communicate on both sides, collapsed under the weight of the bad blood, which, coupled with a family life ravaged by illnesses, deaths, and petty fights, left me with an isolation that has lessened since then, but never fully gone away. The 2016 presidential election seemed to rebuke my entire worldview and faith in humanity, and as a final coda, my relationship with my partner exploded in such caustic fashion that our lives now couldn't be more disparate. Eighteen months after what felt like the start of my path to glory, the little self-worth I had spent decades trying to cultivate had been obliterated. As I said last time, wrestling had been my escape from a world that felt like it was leaving me behind. Heel turn was the justification to stay this course, that became an obligation, and ultimately helped me see a path to being my best self. But I had long since given up on fixing it, and found myself at a point where I'd given up on fixing myself. And so, for a time, heel turn and wrestling became my only connection to the world. The weekly wrestling shows became proof that the world still turned and time was marching forward and when every day felt the same. Heel turn became the only routine I had, one of my last remaining tethers to the world outside my room. My final missives to a world that increasingly seemed like it would be better off with me no longer a part of it. An abusive childhood at the hands of a father who physically battered me and emotionally gaslit me to the point that this day I still question whether or not my memories are my own had led me to base my self-image on how the people I love see me. And in the span of a year, I had lost almost everything but a series of failures and horrible opinions on me that felt like the only things that were real. I was conquered by a pain that I put on display every week on heel turn for months. In my mind, I had fucked everything up and become everything that I hated. And I wanted to die so that no one else would be forced to suffer me and was fucking ready to do something about it. This is a pretty elaborate way to tell the world that you wanted to kill yourself because some coochie dumped your ass. I didn't want to kill myself because I got dumped. It's a lot more complicated than that asshole. See, this is why the big bad booty dead. It's only got time for his freaks. Cause they know that Big Papa Pump's only got one organ that feels love, but it's got a lot of love to share. And they know that if they put their ass out, I'm gonna make a pass out once I introduce them to the Big Dipper and show them the ecstasy of the cosmos. 
And then I'm on my way because I only got time for one love in my life, and that's Shoney's. All my freaks out there know that there's nothing finer than Scott Steiner, but the all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet comes in pretty close. Holler if you hear me. You know, why do you even do this? Like, why do you say this fucking nonsense, okay? Like, all it does is piss me off and make me upset. Like, you're just doing this to rile me up, aren't you? You're dumb! I need to get my bags! But don't act dumb! Like, you don't know exactly why I'm always cutting these promos on you! I don't say a damn thing that you don't think is funny or sounds exactly like the kind of cute statement that will come out of Big Papa Pump's mouth! And you need me, because I can see the comments and make the jokes that you're too scared about hurting someone's feelings to make. I get to be your villain and stand in for everything you hate about wrestling, and you get to look like the righteous baby face by standing up to me and telling me off. But we all know who had to think of what I'm saying in the first place. If you didn't have me as an enemy, you'd be completely lost. You know what? You're right. I do need you, Scott. You're one of the pioneers. From the last time the wrestling world seemed larger than life in an era where you could truly march to your own beat without being micromanaged. You're an unflinching, unrepentant asshole, and I hate everything you stand for. But I love watching to see what new taboo you're going to break in your promos. I love watching you fight in hopes of seeing someone put you in your place. You're offensive and scummy and someone I can't take my eyes off. You're everything I love about wrestling. And you're everything I hate about it. Because there are too many people like you. And your time has come and gone, but you refuse to give up your spot. I love you. And I never want to see you again. Why does it seem like you control the static now when I was the one doing the last time? Have you ever considered what this device is supposed to represent? But of course, the story didn't end there. I persisted, thanks to the incredibly dumb luck of finding a therapist and starting to date the person who would become my next partner within a two-week time span. I was still a complete mess, still convinced of my inherent evil that would soon be revealed to these new people. But now I had someone that saw me for the person I am without making me feel like I constantly had to prove that I was. And someone with the tools to help me trust my experiences and knowledge of how I deserve to be treated. At least I could finally rebuild. And I did. It was a painful and arduous process. But I did all those things I was supposed to do. I got back to the place I was that summer of 2015 when the world felt like it was mine. Arguably, I was in an even better place, but never felt that way. And so, another 18 months later, having been broken down and built back up, I found myself at the precipice of another loss. I knew that loss was inevitable. One that everyone told me would be for the best, and I knew deep down was necessary. But who the fuck wants to hear about what will be good for you when it flies directly in the face of what you really want? As much as I wanted to believe that this time would be different, that this time I was prepared and could weather the storm, I knew I was dangling on a cliff's edge, about to fall apart again, and I knew exactly why. For the first time in my adult life, I was about to have absolutely nothing holding me back from doing literally anything I wanted. 
And I didn't have any more of an idea of what I wanted than I did when I recorded the first Americana Spectacular. I had to spend so much time getting back to the place I was three years ago that I hadn't done any of the work to move forward. My life was a paradox. Everything was different now, and somehow nothing had changed. That had been fine when I was struggling to find myself again, because I could barely handle anything else. But now I was bitter. Now I didn't have to be convinced that I had done it right, and had given everything I was capable of giving, and it still didn't matter because I was ending up in the exact same place, alone. An ex once said to me that sometimes she worried that I think people intentionally go out of their way to hurt me. But that was never it. For as much as this world has, in the past few years, done a ton to prove, in the words of Adam Serra's brilliant Atlantic piece, that the cruelty is the point, I have always believed that people are inherently good and want to understand what they don't know and do right by people even when they don't fully get it. So I clarified to her, no. It's more that people do shit that hurts me all the time, and I've always sucked it up. But when I try to tell them how they've hurt me, they seem like they don't care. And here was that pattern again. Here were all these people and things that were constantly hurting me. And when I would try to force them to acknowledge it, suddenly it became all about themselves. In that moment, wrestling stopped being my savior. I became my albatross. Anyone that's listened to this show, especially Americana Spectacular 2, knows exactly where my politics lie. But suffice it to say, it's hard to see yourself in a product that all too often argues that being a moral person and doing anything to get what you want, cost be damned, are interchangeable. It's like I said last time, wrestling is fucking awful. Wrestling culture is the fucking worst. And in the midst of me trying to figure out how to channel that frustration with wrestling and having to do a podcast about something I had dwindling investment in and wasn't equipped to accommodate that, Raw had Sami Zayn, one of the most legitimately upstanding people in the entire WWE, anchor a horribly transphobic segment that is still one of the most vile things I have seen on television in a while, and I snapped. I was going to watch this garbage show that bored me to tears on a good day and was now grossly offending me anymore. And I wasn't in the mood to start getting into another company, into its own problematic shit. I wanted to be done with the entire thing. And I wanted to be heard. And then it dawned on me. Why not just tell everyone? Americana Spectacular 2 was that pain given a physical form. It was a story about learning how to let go when the things you love can't love you in the way that you need from them. It was all my passion and venom spilling out. From the beginning, I knew there was only one way I could end the episode. I had to die for wrestling. It started off as a gag, a goofy idea to satisfy my weird love for death of the author stories and maybe give me an excuse to take a couple weeks off and spend the time with the people I was about to lose to a huge move and new priorities that didn't include me. But as I put all my pain into it and made it a story about my traumas and how wrestling reinforces them, that death became the point. Heel Turn had been going for five years, 
And here we were doing the exact same show in the exact same way with the exact same topics, except now my annoyance with Raw had curdled into a disgusted loathing. Everything was different, but nothing had changed. I needed out, and I decided that if I was going to be done, it would be completely on my terms. I was going to reclaim my own fucking narrative and tell my story as I know it happened instead of relying on how other people see me to tell that tale. I was going to put wrestling all the way on blast for being the shitty and eternally problematic thing that it is when it doesn't need to be this way. And then I was going to ride off into the sunset and let it burn. I wasn't just dying. I was writing myself out of the equation entirely while also giving myself an option. Explain the death away and come back later. Or own it and finally close that chapter. I wasn't particularly leaning towards either choice at the time, but it didn't matter. The point was that I had the choice. No one could know what I was planning, especially not Owen. I poured everything I had into that episode. I put all my grief and everything I had spent the past 18 months working through into a comedy wrestling news and criticism show and made it about how I love wrestling even when it feels like it doesn't love me back and how that was a pattern in my life that I needed to break. It wasn't just an episode of a podcast. It was every raw part of me that was desperate to be heard. And then it was over. I finished editing and uploaded Americana Spectacular 2 on a Friday evening just after July 4th, shut off my computer, and left my apartment to meet up with a friend. I wouldn't turn it back on for four months. I then went on to have one of the best weekends of my life. It was a roller coaster of emotions, some of which, to be fair, were brought on by riding literal roller coasters. But what mattered most was, for the first time in three years, Anything felt possible again. Now that I had closed this door, even if only temporarily, there were so many other ones left open that I could choose. I said it on the episode as a joke, but damn if it wasn't true. I was free. But like I said earlier, everything is different, but nothing has changed. I think I speak for the entire audience when I say that it was really necessary and you could spell out every part of a year-old podcast. What are you talking about? Didn't our big confrontation, like, just happen? Time doesn't exist in the void. We could be here for a second or for a century and it wouldn't make a difference. When nothing exists, the past and the future are one and the same, and the concept of linear time becomes meaningless. Which convenient for you, since you're doing this all six months after you came back to life. I mean, when you put it that way, if time doesn't really exist and we're all in control of our own destinies, you know, in this space, like, doesn't it not matter when I did it? Like, if I did it now, isn't it basically the same as having done it in the past? If that's what you need to tell yourself to justify sitting on your lazy fat ass and not finishing this in December, that's on you. But I'm a genetic freak, and I would've gotten done with enough time to call a couple of my freaks over and give them a special demonstration of the Steiner screwdriver. And I would've made sure that this podcast is just like me, extra long, because size does matter. <laughs> yeah, kinda like you would've gotten done your whole plan to exterminate wrestling had I not shot you in your stupid face, right? I bet you think you're real clever for that one. 
You're just like that fat bastard, Samoa Joe, always running your mouth and putting yourself over with your cute little quips. But let me tell you a little secret about Samoa Joe. I made a bleed. And that's a guy who can absorb a whole bunch of blows without feeling anything. Because he's fat. If I still had a body, I'd rip you limb from limb for thinking you could verbally step to the big bad booty daddy. But that's not important right now. If you were just going to come back without any explanation, why go away in the first place? Why feel like we even need to be here so you can tell this story that basically no one asked for? Because it's my goddamn story, okay? And I've let people tell me what my story is for far too long. I deserve the right to be able to tell my story on my terms whenever and wherever I want. And sometimes that story is about failure. Sometimes that story is about how you try really hard and you still can't get it right. You still can't crack that nut and figure it out. And that's okay. That should be okay for me to say. I should be able to say that and have people see me and understand me and embrace me for that. That's all I've ever wanted. And that's what I'm going to do. And I won't be stopped by you or anyone. Even if that means sharing the parts that sometimes you really don't want to have to say. If only you put this much effort and you actually get my voice right. This is probably the time when we should discuss the elephant in the room. If I've officially been back since January, how did it take me six months to finally make this episode? The short answer is, the script wasn't funny. Then again, neither is this one. So the answer needs more clarification. I had always envisioned Americana Spectacular 3 as a victory lap. I was going to go away for a while, work on myself, and rekindle my love for wrestling. I was going to find some zen where I could ignore the parts of wrestling I hated and focus on the good and be a happier person. And then I did the work and kept doing the work and I've continued to do the work every day and all I've gotten out of it is more work. Learning how to love yourself and trust yourself is a never-ending process. Especially when every fiber of your being tells you that you aren't worth it. That your feelings are less valid than others. That you're nothing more than a rehash of the abuse afflicted upon you. And I'm closer than I've ever been, but I'm not there yet. And a bunch of those doors that I thought were wide open to me don't seem so accessible anymore. I had a few scripts floating around for Americana Spectacular 3 most of which were focused on blowing up the story of the Infinity Gauntlet into an interdimensional superhero tale. One version mostly consisted of entire scenes ripped word from word from one of my favorite Star Trek episodes, leaning all the way into the idea that Scott Steiner is my evil side by having me play the good version of Captain Kirk when he gets split into two moral halves and the enemy within. But I was never satisfied with any of them. I kept trying to revise it and really nail the comedy, and then it finally dawned on me that it couldn't be fixed. The foundation itself was the problem, because none of it was true. I hadn't found enlightenment, not in my life or my love of wrestling. I didn't have any answers on how to make wrestling companies care about doing the moral thing or how to stomach a business that seems to thrive on excluding the people you care about or how to know that you're worth it. 
All I know is that I genuinely care about doing right by people and doing everything you can for the people you love. That I believe in equity and working together towards a common good and that anyone should be free to live their truth and be the person they're meant to be and fuck what anyone says. And that I want to see the people I love and care about represented in the things I love so that we can share it together. But the constant self-doubt and loathing never goes away no matter how much better you get at coping with it. And that dream of an equitable society sometimes seems further away than ever. And trying to fight for that world every day, even when it doesn't seem worth it, when you don't seem worth it, is fucking hard. And it doesn't take a break just because you decide that you need one. You don't just get a happy ending because you work really hard for one. You have to keep working for it every day. And even when you get some semblance of one, you need to still do the work to make sure it doesn't sour. And yeah, that's life. It ain't fair and all that. But you know what? It still fucking sucks. And it doesn't have to be this way. And it shouldn't. But sometimes it sure as fuck feels like there aren't a lot of people out there that think we should try to be better than the status quo. Everything is different, but nothing has changed. And I can't think of a phrase that describes wrestling better. So that's your brilliant story, huh? You went in search of enlightenment and found none, so you'd rather just not exist? I mean, you make me sound like a self-indulgent jerk when you put it that way. Well, don't you worry. This podcast is not the reason people think you're a self-indulgent or a jerk. No, no, no. Your problem is that you're lying to yourself. You want to tell yourself that you don't care out of some belief that one day it'll become true if you say it enough. But you do care. You care so much that the pain of not being understood festers inside you. It eats away at you until it spills out on everything. It sabotages it. You try to convince yourself that removing yourself from the situation will heal all your wounds, but you said it yourself. It doesn't make them go away. And there's some that time can't close. But the big bad booty daddy is taking pity on you. And he's gonna throw you a rope. Last time I challenged you to speak the truth instead of hiding behind your past to explain everything. Well, I'm giving you that chance again. Say what you really want to say about wrestling. Let the universe see all the disgust inside you. And free us from this prison of feeling nothing that you've locked us inside. Alright. Fine. You want to hear my truth? You want to hear what I really think about wrestling? Well, here it goes. Wrestling is broken at its core. And I'm not even sure it can be fixed anymore. In the close to a year since Americana Spectacular 2, WWE has performed two more shows in Saudi Arabia, one in the wake of the country's botched cover-up of their murder of a journalist critical of the crown prince. Neither show featured any women wrestlers or Sami Zayn, because apparently bigotry against half the population and a Canadian whose family is from Syria is fine so long as the bigots are paying your company about $50 million. They put their Raw Women's Championship on a transphobic Sandy Hook truther for almost eight months to ride the coattails of her MMA celebrity, a person who did nothing to help the ratings and has been gone since WrestleMania. They forced one of their top stars to incorporate his best friend's real-life leukemia that was forcing him to take a leave of absence from the company into a heel turn that came off opportunistic from the start. 
They created a women's tag team championship and put it on two of the most over and talented baby faces in the division. Then barely gave them a run before giving the titles to a comedy tag team that rarely wins and breaking them up. Sasha Banks now seems prepared to sit out the rest of her contract over this, while the Iconics never defend their titles and are rarely even on television. Several wrestlers have wanted to quit and are being held hostage by contracts that get time added on for injuries, even in the case of people like Luke Harper that the company has no intention of using. The ones who ask for the release and get to be on television, like The Revival, are embarrassed every week for seemingly no reason other than to insist that WWE can ruin their careers just as easily as they can make them. And the less said about Lars Sullivan, the better. And for what? They're the most profitable wrestling company in the history of ever, but where does that money go? It's barely going to the talent, many of whom lose much of those six figures they're making on paying for their own travel expenses, having to pay taxes in every state they work, and having to cover their own health expenses unless Vince McMahon deems you worthy to have it paid for by the company, all because they continue to get away with this independent contractor scam. And certainly not going back to the fans, as the company has cut pyro, nixed building-exclusive sets for pay-per-views to make them feel different from Raw or SmackDown, fired longtime employees, and all but abandoned original programming on the network for no reason other than to cut costs. Far be it from me to suggest that there's ever any ethical consumption under capitalism, or that any of this is surprising behavior from a company that has less wanted to be the top wrestling company in the world than be the entire world. Lest we forget, this is the company that had its own city and government built around its greatness in that stupid Scooby-Doo movie they made. But the most offensive part about all of this is that none of this has even benefited them. Their ratings are the worst they've been since 1995, which trickles down to making these shows feel desperate for your attention. Live attendance is down across the board, with stomping grounds being virtually empty, and Extreme Rules looking like it won't be exactly well-populated either. Network subscriptions are stagnant. They aren't doing poorly, aside from a couple dips here and there, but they aren't growing either. This is perhaps the most talented roster this company has ever had, and they're being absolutely squandered for no other reason than making a billionaire even richer. Other companies have tried to spawn up in their wake, and all they've done is try to shut them down and do nothing in return to make their product better, because they seemingly long since decided that they would, if they can't be the top business in wrestling, they would rather kill it. And yet we keep giving them chances. We keep insisting that we need to pay attention, that we need to cover them for this show. And it makes no sense. And let's not act like the rest of the wrestling world is any better. The hyper-conservative broadcasting company Sinclair wields their ownership of Ring of Honor like a cudgel, using their influence in the wrestling world to silence any criticism of their parents' company's politics, like we saw when David Starr's ROH Heavyweight Championship match in Israel was threatened for daring to criticize Sinclair's support of Trump. And that's not even getting to them fucking up the G1 Supercard with that run by Enzo and Cass, two guys that deserve to be ostracized from the industry. The nature of Lucha Underground's obscene contracts was finally revealed, paying talent $4,000 a year and then holding them to years-long exclusivity deals that ruined their ability to make good money elsewhere, and it's hard to feel any sympathy towards their demise. New Japan's good. It's even been great. But the company still can't present a cogent argument for why they have more titles than they know what to do with, but somehow can't create a women's division, other than the unstated truth that we all know, that Japanese business culture is still incredibly misogynistic and they see no point.
Not to say that we're any better, of course. And then there's AEW, a company that's exciting and talks a big game about how the business needs to change. They've talked a big game about providing healthcare to wrestlers and perhaps starting some kind of wrestlers union. And don't get me wrong, these are amazing ideas that would be a huge improvement over the status quo. So where the fuck are they? It's easy to talk to talk when you're building yourself up, but if you're then going to decide that walking the walk is too costly when it comes time to do so, then what was the fucking point? You don't even have to scratch the surface to see that every other company is on their own bullshit. And why should they change? The most prominent power brokers think that very little needs to change. And the ones that do, the old gatekeepers of the industry, believe its salvation lies in turning back the clock to the rules of an older time, rather than evolve with what's going on now. And this all filters down to the fans, making wrestling fandom mostly insufferable. Daniel Bryan was right. Wrestling fans are fickle, and they don't know what they want. The Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royale was a perfect example of this. To their immense credit, AEW took the opportunity to showcase unique talents that cater to underrepresented communities and let them work their magic. And a lot of the responses I saw were both disgusting and hypocritical. We want wrestlers to be themselves and, to quote Cody, play their own music. And yet when Sonny Kiss comes out and owns their truth as a queer femme black man, people complain that they're too gay, nonchalantly call them a transvestite, and accuse AEW of pushing an agenda. We claim we want to love underdog stories and see wrestlers overcome obstacles to be their best selves. But when Dustin Thomas, a bilateral amputee, is given a small moment to shine in a way that doesn't break the logic of wrestling any more than any time Rey Mysterio would fight a Brock Lesnar or a Big Show type, people are enraged at the very idea that a man with no legs could eliminate someone, let alone stand a fighting chance. And look, I know there's a lot of fans that aren't like that, but there's enough that are. And for all you can do to try and tune them out, they're not going anywhere. And they're not going to let things change without a fight. There are amazing people in this industry doing everything they can to be themselves and fight for their beliefs in an industry that seems like it would rather they shut up and know their place. People like Sonny Kiss and Dustin Thomas. Like Mike Perro and David Starr. Like Sami Zayn and Sammy Callahan. Like Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston. There are people like me that know that wrestling can be anything and for everyone and will put all their energy into making that vision a reality. But it's always been a fight against the tide. And at some point, when there's never a break in the current, you get too tired to keep paddling against it and get swept in. And when so many of your boatmates seem to think that going out to sea is the right call, you end up questioning why you should even fight it. Wrestling needs to change. And I really hope that AEW helps spark a revolution that will make wrestling fandom a much more inclusive and open space. But I've seen this happen far too many times to get my hopes up that WWE or the industry at large will be forced into some new mode of thinking. And why should they when there's a huge part of the audience that thinks the solution is to make everything like it was 20 years ago, where women existed to be props? And marginalized people remained unseen. The state of wrestling is horrible right now. And God knows if it'll ever change. But you know what? 
Sometimes it's hard not to feel like this is what the fan base deserves. It feels good to let that all out, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Wrestling is fucking awful! And wrestling culture is the fucking worst. But it doesn't have to be. And yet no matter what perspective you take, the view always seems the same. Everything is different. And nothing has changed. But we could be that change. What are you trying to say, Scott? There's a reason the Goblin and I chose to let you live in the first place. And it's because you're just like me. You're a person that sees through all the bullshit and demands change and will fight to the death for it. You just need someone to point you at the right target. You know wrestling is on a path to devastation, and that the only way to save it is to take out every single person making it this way. You're not just angry, you would bleed if you could. And I can give you the power to hurt them worse than they've ever known. Become my vessel, and together we can remake wrestling in our image. Forget Goldberg, forget Hogan, and forget that old bastard Ric Flair. This is your chance to eclipse them all and become a little god. And all you need to do is accept me and get my bags. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, what am I talking? No, no. Look, I'm not going to try and tell you that having infinite power isn't ridiculously appealing. But I don't want to be a god. I want wrestling to change on its own because the people involved know that it needs to. I want to help push for that change and fight alongside the people making those changes. But I don't want the power to tell everyone else what wrestling is and will forever be. Because then I'm no better than Vince McMahon. And if that's what accepting you as a part of me entails, then you can just float over there as a being of pure energy for the rest of the absence of time for all I care. Sit down, white trash, and listen up! You think I'm just gonna let you chump out now when this is our chance to escape this bullshit? You need me! You're nothing without me, and you'll never be anything without me, because I'm the only thing that gives you any fire to keep pushing forward! And one way or another, I'm gonna make you embrace me and become the ball of hate you've always been! Wait, I get it now. You're the one that needs me! You can't leave here because you need me to accept you inside of me! And that's the only way that you can get out! Shut up! I'm the man with the largest drives in the world! I'm the genetic freak! And I need anyone, least of all some introspective nerd like you! <laughs> no, 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 fuck that! You're only here because of me! Your only escape can be because of me! You need me! I'm the only thing that can complete you and give you power! Wait, I'm the only thing that can complete you. But that means you are me. You're not just everything I hate about wrestling. You're all my pain and hatred for life and the world in a form I love and fear. And by trying to reject you as a part of me, I gave you the power to come to existence and create the Infinity Gauntlet. And even though I tried to kill you, here you are. Because I can't live without you. I can't let you be in control, but without the drive your anger builds in me, I literally can't exist. You need me. And I need you. Didn't I pretty much reveal that about myself in the last one? How slow are you that it took you this long to connect the dots? 
fuck off, man, okay? Look, I'm just spelling it out for the audience in case they didn't get it. I love them, but you know what? They're a little dense sometimes. That's a fair point. Most wrestling fans think they know what's going on, but they're just a bunch of fucking marks. Yeah. They are fucking marks. But we are too. Come on, Scott. Let's go home. So let me just make sure we're clear here. You're gonna accept me back into you, but we're not gonna use the power of the Infinity Gauntlet to end wrestling? No, man, don't you get it? The point is that even when everything seems pointless, you need to keep hope alive and keep pushing for change no matter how hard it gets, because the fight doesn't stop just because you give up. And if you're gonna give up, you might as well just not exist. So what do you say? We gonna be one cool and complete person again, or what? I feel like I'm gonna regret this, but fine, we'll do it your way. We'll see if your mind changes when it's closer with the infinite power of the gauntlet, though. Anyway, time to let me in, bitch! Wait, what? I am God! It's about, it's about time for the holidays. I gotta prep for the uh, end of the year awards. I guess I gotta call up Trace to do it since I don't want to do it by myself. Since I've been doing this podcast by myself for the past few months. I never did figure out what happened, John. Oh well, let's see. Uh, match of the year. Hmm. What's that noise? Whoa! What the fuck? J- John! Hey, what's up, dude? Um, hi? Hey. Also, what the fuck was all that that just happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, how the I'm not even sure how the fuck I got to your house, but I, I guess I'm not complaining. It's better than where I've been, I guess. Also, where have you been? Well, uh, long story short... Ah, uh, man, how do I put this? So, uh, the physical manifestation of my of my hatred of wrestling uh, in the form of Scott Steiner uh, built the Infinity Gauntlet and erased all of wrestling, and I had to kill him and banish myself to an infinite void to uh, stop, you know, him from destroying all of wrestling and save everybody, and then I kind of just had to exist there for a little while and come to terms with my life and, and everything, and, you know... Long story short, I absorbed the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and became immortal and uh, set everything right. It took you six months to do this? Wait, I've only been gone for six months? What the fuck? It feels like I was gone for like a million years. John, do you not see the Christmas tree? It's 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 like right before Christmas. What are you doing? It's a nice tree. Gotta admit, it's a nice tree. I kind of wish I had one in the fucking void or whatever where I was. Wait, there, is there no holidays in the void? Like, explain to me what the hell was going on. Okay, yeah, so, look, all you need to know here is that everything is fine. I absorb the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and Scott Steiner. He's back within me. Everything's good. I've made sure that the real Scott Steiner is, you know, still hanging out at Shoney's, doing his thing. Uh, I banished the all the Infinity Stones and their power uh, to, across, you know, the various dimensions so that, God willing, no one will be able to ever get to them again. And, uh, yeah, now I'm back here. This seems complicated. And yet I have an explanation for it all. That's... Yeah, yeah, in fact you do. I, it does. It kind of makes sense, but... It's pretty convenient, you have to admit. I have... I, I just have two questions for you, though. Uh-huh. One... 
is does this mean wrestling is going to get good again? I mean, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. And Lord knows, I mean, hey, if they're if they're going to do more transphobic shit like they they did six months ago, I might have to find some, you know, I might just have to die again. I don't know, but I mean, hey, like, please don't. You know what? I feel hopeful, and I think I'm back. Yeah, I think I'm back. All right, here's my second question. So you said Fanny Stones, Gauntlet's Warning Power. So if there's, like, the power of all these stones coursing through your veins, does that make you, like, a god? You know, I don't know. I might be. I might not be. But either way, I'd probably, you know... Look, I'm just saying, man, I'd probably err on the side of caution. And I'd start paying homage to the big bad Booty Johnny, bitch! Oh, fuck. Holler! If you hear me! Scott Steiner's Americana Spectacular 3, Raw as War Never Changes, has been a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It was produced and written by and starred John Gavarecki Maxwell and featured and was executive produced by Owen Douglas. The music featured were Silent Greenvale and The Woods and the Goddess, both from the Deadly Premonition soundtrack composed by Ryu Kinugasa, Tayuka Kobayashi, and Hiromi Mitsutani, and Scott Steiner's WWE theme by Jim Johnston. This show usually airs live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. For more of our content, follow us on Facebook or on Twitter at The Heel Turn. And if you liked this episode, why not sign up for our Patreon by visiting patreon.cool. Not only will you get exclusive content, but you'll also get to fund more experimental nonsense like this. And as always, an extra special thanks to Scott Steiner for still not finding and murdering me after all these years. And until next time... Y'all come back now, you hear? Venmo what I am John.